Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, June 18th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who's affectionately known as Coach. Coach, welcome back. You had a day off yesterday, and I understand you were down at the front offices with Mr. Cuban discussing those front office openings. Man, I'll tell you, I wish I could. I would love I would love to get my nose in there, but uh, I think they may call security probably and escort <laughs> me out. But uh, no, I was. Uh, it's good to be back. Good refresh day. Uh, I know Crash had a nice baseball day, and you had some some cash lineups do do pretty well in basketball. But of course, we know some of those bench guys were uh, tough to figure yesterday. No doubt about it. But uh, all in all, it's we've still got a ton of momentum going into what I like to call my weekend, which is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three-dayer, because that's that's always my uh, goal to get the sweep through the weekend and <clears throat> couldn't be more fired up. But uh, you mentioned the Mavs, and of course, I got to start out with that. Dirk, Dirk uh, weighed in also, but uh, really bummed that I lose my, my good friend Donnie Nelson as the GM there. That was all my inside skinny with the Mavs is now gone. Yeah. So... <clears throat> disappointing disappointing the way it ended um he's been with the organization 24 years in that position for 14 and uh it was not a mutual scenario it was it w- did not end well and you know that long of a relationship they should have been able to figure out how to make it end right and so i'm, I'm very disappointed there but uh you know carlisle uh resigning you know there's lots of rumors he's you know uh, eyeing some other jobs i'm not upset about that one as you know i've been a little critical of carlisle's moves i think this is an understandable reset you're about to sign you know your once in a generation talent luca to a, a super max extension you know get the guys in there that he's comfortable with and uh hearing all kinds of rumors uh jamal mosley the assistant coach is the one that Luke is closest with. He's respected a ton by players all over the league. They think that'll help get them uh, recruit, recruited some players to help Luca. So Jamal's probably the leader, uh, but there's a lot of great guys out there. Uh, Andrew, Terry Stotts, who was an assistant here when we won the championship before he went to Portland. Uh, you know, he'd be an interesting guy. I mean, there's a, there's a pretty long list. So Excited to see how that's all going to happen. As far as the front office goes, I know they'll try, you know, uh, they've already said they're going to try it. Masiri, the the Raptors guy, everybody does when they get a GM position open. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows if they'll get him, but they're willing to throw a lot of money at him. So that's possible. And he is a sharp guy. I'd love that. Um, The the rumor internally, though, is uh, Michael Finley who's been the president of basketball operations and <clears throat> worked with Donnie some. Uh, so that that's going to all come together. I'm excited as a Mavs fan. And that's probably the last inside skinny report I can give on the Mavs, though. <laughs> yeah, but, cha- changing of the guard down there and changing of the guard in Boston. Kemba Walker on his way out. Brad Stevens yeah. wasting no time making a big move. Before I saw the uh, return on that trade, I was hoping for Horford and Dort coach for yeah. the Celtics but it turned out to be Horford and Brown the two bigs so yeah. Horford will continue to mentor him in Boston and uh Celtics needing to shore up the middle there so uh that'll be fun to see how it plays out and see if uh, Stevens has any other moves up his sleeve this summer 
Yeah, I like. I think it was smart. You get you know a veteran big man and a, a young book big man, and you know Kemba's on fumes. So the Thunder keep adding you know non future guys to this team. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing? Right. But uh, you know they also get the number sixteen pick. I guess that's yep. what they wanted. So right. uh, we'll see how that rolls. But yeah, lots of news going on. I mean. Basketball has a way to stay in uh, the headlines throughout. So uh, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm toying with, and we'll talk more about it again. I want to get into these games, but you know, this I'm I'm actually toying with just going to for a couple of days in August to the limited summer league that they're having in Vegas, yeah. and setting up all of our reservations in person because. As you know, and, and listeners, uh, you know that's why we want you to become a member. We're going to have a members-only get-together next summer, next July of, of 2022. It's going to be our first ever uh, DFS Coach Talk conference in Vegas. We're going to catch summer league games, hang out. Uh, so, uh, but I I just decided recently I may make the little jaunt there. It's like a two-hour and 15-minute flight from Dallas. It's nothing and uh, get that stuff all lined up for us next year. So um, I'm psyched, man. It's going to be great. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. And tonight we have a two-game slate. We do. This is the slate we've had two times already. So third time we've had this two-game slate. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> the plan, right? So yes. uh, 7.30 and 10 o'clock are the tip-off times on ESPN tonight. Both yep. games sixes, so we have a chance to close out the series. And at it's the, home, both the home teams team. can close out at home. Yeah, that's right. Um, injury news in Game One: We have the continuing injury designations for Trey and Embiid, yes. probable and questionable, but we expect them to be out there like they have been with those tags all series right. long. And I'll jump on Philly here as the road team. They are three-point favorites, two twenty-one okay. and a half total, and very similar again with Game Two. Utah yeah. as the road team, one and a half point favorite, total of 220. So pretty similar so on paper. Basically flush the Vegas uh, info because exactly. it makes no difference. <laughs> right. Um, but with Philly here, um, let's just say Embiid is, uh, he's going to be out there. And I, I talked on the show yesterday how I thought they overplayed him in the second half. I thought they ran him into the ground yeah. in the third quarter. He didn't have anything left in the fourth. Right. Um, will they make any adjustments to that, or is Doc just going to say we're going for high 30s minutes again with our starters, uh, with the season on the line? I'm not sure, um, and I guess they might not be sure either. If if something comes up with Embiid, finally we've been talking about it, the way that he looks, the way that he keeps reacting every time he gets bumped. Yeah. Um, you know, will he be able to go full full bore for 39 minutes again? I'm not sure. Uh, I think he's playable. I don't think he's a lock. I think he is risky, but it's also risky if you don't have him and he continues to dominate Capella like he has most of this yeah, series. He is. Uh, with the rest of the starters for Philly, Seth Curry was absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Um, man, was he good. Uh, he will, was on fire. Will Atlanta make an adjustment and try to prevent all those open looks? You would think so. Um Korkmaz is interesting to me because he's just not my favorite player because he's scoring dependent, but he's really cheap on DraftKings at 3,900. So that's that's a little bit interesting to me. And then Tobias Harris, 
the pricing with him, what a trend where now on FanDuel, Collins is more expensive than Tobias Harris. Unbelievable. And Collins has been trending up with his performance, so it's not it's not surprising really, but I think it's noteworthy because earlier in the in the series Tobias was like 8800 and Collins was like 58, 6000. I mean, and that's right. that's flip-flop now. So uh, Tobias Harris is available at a comparative discount today on FanDuel. It's still similar on DraftKings where Tobias is 1400 more. But um, I just don't think Tobias is going to go two for 11. Uh, I think that they was, need now to. Now, that was painful to watch. Yeah, that was. Oh. I mean, he has to do better and get more shots. So Tobias Harris is in the mix for me again. Uh, probably won't go to Ben Simmons. Uh, just with the salary, the price is still pretty high for a guy who's taking less than 10 field goal attempts per game. Yeah. And then with the bench, uh, the guys that still interest me are Thibel and, and Dwight Howard. Um, need more minutes than nine for Dwight uh, and Thibel. Um, two for two on three-pointers. Yeah. Got 24 minutes, uh, but didn't quite do enough to, to really pay off the price tag. So is, is he a... Playable punt, yeah, I think he is. Um, but, you know, got to keep playing with it to see if he makes the final roster. Yeah, no, good good stuff. Um, for me, with Philly, this is where I stand. I, I'm going back to Embiid. I'm an Embiid guy. I got off him that last game because he looked like he was about to die and collapse in that last the game before that. But this is an elimination game. Uh, looking back, at Doc's coaching through the playoffs through the years. You know, I dug in a little bit on the Clippers and a few things just to see his trend in in closeout sixth or seventh games in series. And he rides his guys pretty hard uh, in the playoffs, way more than in the regular season. So I think that consistency is stays. I know Embiid's a, uh, you know, concern, you know, one twist of that knee a little bit and he could be done for the game. But I just I, I can't get away from him. I mean, Capella has been getting just he looks like a JV player compared to Embiid. He just gets bodied out of the way and just dominated. And that's surprising because Capella's usually pretty stout on defense, but he just can't match Embiid's strength and size. Uh, the you know, so I'm I'm going Embiid. Uh, just that's that's my first guy in. Uh, as far as the other two guys that I love. And I, again, this is going to be chalky. This isn't going to be any miraculous call here. But, you know, when you have showdown slates and two-game slates and you have coaches playing like six guys and barely playing the bench at all, you know, you you can't always take the shots like we, we try to do with a cheap guy and hope he gets 20 minutes off the bench and, and gets to his number. And it's not like we're trying to get 30 from those guys. We're trying to get like, 12 <laughs> but you can't even get that from some of these guys sometimes so the two guys i, I really like as the other the bumpers here uh, are cork Maz and curry and the reason i like both of them is philly has really gone to the strategy of dumping into Embiid. if somebody runs to double them kick the ball get a second pass if you have to and cork Maz and curry will be spotting up for three and they're both really good shooters. So I think that trend is going to continue. And, you know, when they have the ball, if Simmons doesn't get a quick break where he can take it to the basket, um, 
then it's simply going to be get the ball to Embiid. If he gets doubled, kick it or swing it again for Cork Maz or Curry for the three. And that's that's why I think Harris got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Plus, he just was playing bad. But he only got 11 shots up, and he just was never into the flow because he's really like a mid-range. He's a he's a uh, you know slices to the hoop. He you know he does a lot of things well, but he's not just a spot-up shooting three-point specialist like Corkmaz and Curry. And I I really think the game script here for them to win and try to get back to Philly is those three guys. I think that's going to be almost like a triangle offense that they're going to run with Embiid uh, and Curry and Corkmon. So I feel very strong about this one. This could be a five-crown slate starting with those three Philly guys. And then, uh, you know, I'll build out from there. But I'm not going to go to the bench there. Corkmon is cheap enough to give me the value that I need. Uh, Simmons, four for 14 at home from three. And or I'm from the foul line. What's he going to do with them chanting and harassing him in the, you know, hack of Simmons. And again, he just doesn't get enough shots up, four shots to pay that kind of price for him. I know he's a triple-double waiting to happen, but I do not trust it. So I uh, feel good about this game, Andrew. I think that uh, this has the potential to to play, uh, hopefully, into our hands here at Coach Talk. All right. Well, how about on the Atlanta side? You're going to run it back with Trey and pay up for both studs in game one? Well, I'll tell you, I... You know, I I played Trey two games ago and he was awesome. And I thought, okay, I would assume Philly adjusts and makes sure Simmons is on him and and settles him down. And uh, it just didn't happen. Trey was phenomenal. 40 minutes, 10 for 23, hit a couple threes, seven assists. Uh, He was terrific. Um, The question is price-wise. If I'm building the lineup I'm wanting to build, I can't afford to have – um, Trey Young and Embiid and Paul George. And that's that creates a problem for me because I'm not – I refuse to to dig down. I'm just not doing it on like a Lou Williams or Thibel or, you know, Pat Bev or – I you know, it's just – I'm going to suck it up and play a little bit more mid-group after those couple of stars, which is a little bit different strategy. But – it's just it's brutal when you have that one guy that you're away from the optimal lineup and it not only knocks you out of the optimal lineup, it knocks you out of the cash because the guy takes a two or something. So I'm going to try to, you know, unfortunately, I, as much as I love Trey, probably not going to go there. I do have a question to ask you. What in God's name was that game from Bogdanovich? Well, I mean, this is a perfect example of how things change game to game. Yeah, variance where we talked about how Trey Young and Bogdanovich combined to take 50 shots the game yeah. before, right? But this one it was only 32. I mean, that's well nine like, for Bogdanovich, nine. Yeah, exactly. That is a monster shift. He only played 21 minutes, and it was the Lou Williams show in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, you know he he got to 23 minutes, played really well, and um, yeah, big time off night for Bogdanovich and. Just out of sorts, making bad passes. Terrible. Uh, yeah, that was a rough one for him. I mean, he he ran into a bunch of bad fouls. He was in foul trouble. He couldn't hang on to the ball. It was it just was. I mean, it couldn't have got worse for the poor guy. But I'm not going to overreact. I think a lot of the industry is going to overreact, 
and think, okay, Lou Williams, good guy to plug in. He played a good game. He's going to get 20, 25 minutes. I don't think so. I, I really don't. I hope the industry dives towards that because I think that is a trap. I think Lou will get some minutes, 15 maybe, 17, and be okay. But no, no way in my mind does he get anywhere near 15 points, uh, three assists, two steals. I, I just don't see it. So <clears throat> the question is, do I want to you know, roll out Bogdanovich again? Because he is sort of pricey. But I do think he'll have a bounce back game. Shoot or shoot, he'll, I'm sure they're in his head. Shoot the ball. You'll get your rhythm going. And guys like that, they see one or two go in and, you know, you're good. I mean, you know, he didn't get a single foul shot attempt. He usually really gets some good stuff there. And, you know, he was in foul trouble, so he only got three rebounds. He's been getting six, seven, eight rebounds, you know, crashing the glass. So likely to play Bogdanovich, but I'm not positive yet, but I'm not going to the, the trap play Lou Williams. Um, Kevin Herter, nice game from him too. Good Lord. Yeah, right. 0 for 7. <laughs> I mean, what, you know, I, I, here's the question I have for you. You look at Bogdanovich's numbers and you look at Herter's numbers. They both played a decent amount of minutes. They com- combined to go 3 for 15, 0 for 8 from 3, and they still won the game. <laughs> yeah, right. Unbelievable. Um, so I don't know what the deal is with Herter. I think he'll bounce back as well. I really do. I don't know. Can't play any worse. It, I mean, you can't. You can't play any worse. There's just no possible way. So he's on my on my list. You know, Chalk is going to be John Collins, and deservedly so. You know, he's he's really playing uh, more inspired and getting a few more minutes. He's he had 36. He's usually not. At, he's usually more down by 30. But give him that extra six seven minutes, man, and that makes an impact. He's in play for me. <clears throat> Not going to make the mistake to go back to Capella. I've just, you know, again, you just have to hope he completely dominates the paint and gets every rebound to make his number because he's not going to do a lot offensively. But I just, he's just getting manhandled. I think my concern is he gets in foul trouble on top of that now. He had five last game anyway, but he sees the the tape where he gets bumped out like he's a middle schooler. So, you know he's going to be trying to pound back at Embiid, um, you know, especially with him being banged up. But I don't think he wins that battle, uh, and he certainly hasn't proven that he can. So, for me, Andrew, on the on the uh, Atlanta side, I'm sticking with the bounce back theory here. Um, Herder in possibly in play, Bogdanovich, and my man Gallo. I say it. This is the third time in a row we've said exactly the same thing. And I end up, you know, saying I, I do want to put him as last man in. And I'm always hesitant about it. But the dude did it again. He had 16 points, eight rebounds. Uh, you know, you can't ask for more than that. 30 minutes and his price is still good. So really, it's it's an odd grouping for me here. But uh, Herder Bogdanovich and Gallinari are the three I'm looking at. I'll start with Gallinari. I agree. I, I like his spot especially his price on DraftKings 4500 feels too low for me with a guy that is a veteran can get 30 minutes like last game and you know he's a guy that you can give it to on the on the wing the extended block and know that he's going to create a shot for himself great foul shooter Um, so he's definitely playable more so on DraftKings Um, sticking with the bench the the whole Lou Williams Bogdanovich Herder thing 
that's tricky. Because um, I would, I mean, Herter can't shoot any worse. Bogdanovich probably can't play any worse overall. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I think they'll both be better. But at the same time, if Lou gets out there early in the fourth and he's doing his thing again, I don't think uh, Nate's going to pull him. I mean, the guy is a scorer. I'd rather, I mean, who would you rather have in the fourth quarter with the ball in his hands at the top of the key, Lou Williams or Kevin Herter? Lou Williams, right? I don't know. I, I, I would say Lou Williams five years ago by a mile. Yeah. But if you look through the season, it's been Kevin Herter, and, and it's been, I think they split it. I, I don't think it's just because of that last game, 0 for 7 and 7 for 11, it, you know, is it. I mean, Lou is a vet, and I get what you're saying. I, I just think that was a bit of an anomaly. I don't think he gets double-digit shots. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's I don't think Lou Williams is a lock, especially on FanDuel. He's forty eight hundred. I'm not I'm not gonna play him there, right. but I think he's playable on DraftKings at thirty two hundred. Um it's just I think it's a real hard one to predict with those three guys today. Yeah. Um well it's who whoever's hot, you yeah. know. It's yeah. there's no doubt. And we're just you know, for me I'm banking on those guys step it back up. But yeah, if he if they're still slumped they certainly that's the place they would go i right, agree right yeah yeah i think if i could only have one it would probably be bogdanovich but he's yeah. he's a shooting guard on FanDuel. it's a right. crowded it's a crowded position you can't plus he's more expensive a lot more than those other guys but right right yeah uh, but then it's well if you play him then what happens with curry Maz, paul george and donovan mitchell you can only play two of them on FanDuel. so it's a real tough spot it to is. evaluate today very um, tough it's much easier on DraftKings and yep. Yahoo for sure. Definitely, and then with the other Atlanta guys, uh, you know, I agree. Uh, Collins is just really trending well. Uh, definitely playable. I, I don't want to play Capella for the reasons you said. And then Trey Young, you know, I haven't been paying up for him here, but at home closeout game, uh, he's going to be out there in charge, and. Uh, Man, he's just he's just amazing in his first playoff he's run. Playing fantastic, uh, man. With his size to be able to this consistently put up all those points, get amazing. big assists. He just uses his speed and his smarts so well. And obviously he's not afraid to pull up from thirty and get those threes off, which is really the key to that comeback. You know, I mean, do that. you realize this is his first playoffs? Yep. He's had to face the two toughest crowds in sports. That's the new New York Knicks yep. fans and the Philly Sixers fans. <laughs> they have tortured him, and all he's done is basically, without saying it, saying said "f you" to everybody, yep. and has just showed up and just stuck it to everybody. And that I just can't get over that. That is so much that you know a veteran maybe, but the guy in his first playoffs, amazing. Yep, he's been awesome. So yeah, I'm gonna keep playing with it. I like him. Uh, he's it's painful expensive. not to have him. It painful really not is. to have him. Yep. Yeah. So we'll we'll do that all day here. We'll go back and forth and figure it out on both sides for our members. Jump in with us if you'd like. DFSCoachDoc.com is where you can get the membership. Try the three-day pass if you'd like this weekend. Uh, whichever membership you get is for all of our sports. So you get the basketball lineups today, the baseball lineups, and golf. We'll have weekend golf, of course, at the U.S. Open. We're off to a good start there. So DFSCoachDoc.com. Any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFSCoachDoc. Coach, you ready to transition to game two? I am. Just remember, Fridays, I mean, it seems like we blink and it's Friday again. I know. But I always say, you know, that's such a great day to 
to grab our three-day pass because you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday with a million games and our golf lineups and everything else. And whenever you sign up for anything at Coach Talk, you get everything we offer, not just that particular sport. So if you jump in, once you hear the podcast here this morning, this afternoon, we will get you in Discord right away so you can gear up for all the sports uh, tonight and then uh, also the U.S. Open weekend only, which there's some big big contests uh, for that as well. Yeah, I got to reserve those after the show. Thanks for the reminder. Yes. All right, game two. We have Utah in L.A. to play the Clippers. After the Clippers grab game five, they've got a chance to advance to the Western Conference Finals. We know they're going to do it without Kawhi one way or the other tonight. On the Utah side, Conley questionable again, and Donovan Mitchell with the questionable tag. We think he'll be out there ready to roll again, just playing through it like he has. Conley is the X factor. Um, you know, just yeah. not sure. Is he going to watch what Harden's doing and say, oh, well, I can play with a, a sore hamstring? Or is the fact that he's so dependent on speed and quickness just going to be too much for him to be able to give it a go? And, and Utah says, we're just better off with, with the crew that we have out there. Obviously, they want him back out there, but what percentage health is he? And uh, that's what we just don't know. So uh, build your lineups with... Uh, the thought in mind that he could play and so evaluate that ahead of time and just know okay if he's going to play it's either going to affect this lineup or not uh, and then uh, proceed accordingly accordingly with your lineups I'm going to plan on him not playing um, and you know I I think the lineup I'm going to have on both sites is is going to be set up so that even if he does play uh, I'm not going to have to make any pivots. Okay. Um, I guess the thing is, for me on this, both uh, on both sites here, I'm not quite as uh, interested in the Utah guys, period. I don't think I'm going to have quite as much ex- exposure to them, so I won't have to adjust as much. Um, I, I do like Mitchell. Um, you know, he's, he's cheaper than Paul George, but uh, he is dinged up. Uh, so I'm going right. to keep playing with that, um, but you know Mitchell is is squarely in play for me. Joe Ingles is still a solid option, but he could miss out uh, just because of the price and his position. Uh, your man Boyan Bogdanovich was Finally. ultra hot on threes. Ooh, wow, was he, he saved on, my bacon? Oh, he nine really for did. seventeen on threes. Yeah, he was in the zone. When he hit that six three in a row, I I had to get up out of my seat. I scared the hell out of my dog. It was a, it was a big. It was nuts. He is an awesome shooter. Streak. We talked. We, yeah. we talked about it on the podcast. Exactly. He, he said that exact thing. He is streaky, and you know, as amazing as he was, he puts up what three rebounds and pretty much nothing else. All scoring. Yeah. So, um, he playable, but not my favorite here. Royce O'Neal is a solid option. Uh, he's in the mix for me. Gobert yeah. played a lot better and got 42 minutes, but he's still not getting a huge return on the investment. No. Uh, so he's a little bit pricey for what he's been uh, returning. And then with the bench, Clarkson, probably the only guy to, to really seriously look at. Uh, 29 minutes, again, scoring dependent. Uh, so, you know, if you can kind of sense the feeling there, it's just uh, the way the kind of things work out and, and the fact that I, I kind of like the Clipper spot here. I'm just not too excited about the Utah side tonight. Yeah, for me, I'm going to lock in Oni and Yang. As, oh, uh, yeah, there you go. 
take that snippet and put it on. Yeah, now. right. <laughs> um, you know, I'm with you. I'm I'm not real high on the on the Jazz here. I think the Clips close them out even without Kawhi personally. But uh, you know, who knows? We what, all we know this this playoffs is you never know who's going to win whatever game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've it, that's been proven over and over again. Home court doesn't mean as much, even though the fans are back. It's just all over the place. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to look for a little bit of value here. Uh, for me, Conley News is extremely important, and that's why I'm just going to lay off this team because I I have zero uh, clarification from any source that he's going to play, but I just think my gut says that he tries to at least roll out there even in limited minutes. I mean, his team is facing the brink of elimination. They finished first in the conference. Uh, they lose this game. They're out. I mean, you would think if he could drag his leg out there, he'd play. So I'm going to just go off the assumption as I'm building here that they get 15, 18 minutes out of them. And that really takes the two values of Ingles and Clarkson on off the table for me so again if that changes i'll be ready you know to possibly make some shifts for game two uh so that's why it's important you know if you're in our discord our members are listening uh you know if you're in our discord you got to check that and see as we go to game two if there's any change uh you know once that's announced but uh so i'm i'm laying off those guys if he does get ruled out again though i will go back and take a look uh, at Clarkson, probably more than Ingles on FanDuel, at least because of positionality. But both of them possibly one or the other on, on DraftKings and Yahoo as well. But I, I have the same thoughts as you. You know, I don't mind going back to bogey. Uh, that's a potential play. But again, you know, it, it comes down to the build. Uh, I think Royce O'Neal's, you know, at his price, 40 plus minutes, you know, you're never going to break the slate with him. But at his price, he becomes so valuable uh, with with none of these bench guys doing diddly. So he's high on my board for value. Um, and after that, you know, not going to go to Mitchell either. I think they doubled him a lot. They're pressuring him a lot. He's not 100%. Uh, but again, if, if Conley comes, it plays a little bit. I think that elevates Mitchell as well because he doesn't have to bring the ball up. He doesn't have to do everything for the jazz it, it may get him going so i i do need that news but for me pretty much you know a possible bogey and uh definitely looking o'neill value and that's probably it until i get uh clarification on on the news on conley all right well how about on the clipper side if you are, agree with me that uh they're the team that's going to win tonight if we had to pick uh, which guys yeah. are you looking at? Well, I'm, first guy in for me is uh, George in this game. You know, my two key guys in my lineups tonight are going to be Embiid and George. Um, I just, you know, he's leading this team. He's He looks fantastic. He's, he's relishing in this role. And I'm happy for the guy because he was taking all kinds of heat for, uh, for his terrible performance in the bubble. And, uh, you know, he's really stepped up. This last game without Kawhi, even more so. And I expect his fingerprints to be all over this game, 40-plus minutes. And I just think he's hard you know, to not have. Uh, my go-to guys not let me down either. The reason I've had a great playoffs 
is my core guys like Morris Sr. have just continued to get it done. I mean, he didn't have his best rebound and assist game, but he was 10 for 16 from the field, knocked down three threes, played over 40 minutes, and, you know, his price is still very fair. So, you know, he's high up on my board again. Um, after that, not as excited. Uh, you know, Terrence Mann got the start. He's cheaper, 25 minutes. Certainly could play him uh, to make out a lineup. Uh, I'm not as high on Batum in this series as I was the last one, so I'm probably not going to go there. Reggie Jackson's price is a little bit tougher, but he is getting a lot of minutes, taking a lot of shots. He's had a very fine series, and I think you have to consider him as well. After that, not going to go to any of the bench. I mean, you know, if you're playing a Stars and Scrubs and you need a throw-in, you know, and you think Luke Kennard can come in and play, uh, hit some shots, I mean, you can you could go there, or a Pat Bev probably going to get 15, 20 minutes. But, again, I don't want to risk that. I would rather go with uh, the guys that we know are going to be on the floor. And so, you know, for me, uh, George is a lock. And I will consider Man Morris and Jackson. Yeah, George is a lock for me. Um, Man is a you know a value play that I think you could look at more on DraftKings at thirty two hundred, um, and expect to get more minutes than Pat Bev at three thousand. Um, Reggie Jackson, I do like. Uh, I like the increased um, usage here without Kawhi. Right. Um, and I do like Morris and Batum. I like them both. I like the huge minutes. 40 minutes for Morris, 42 for Batum. Yeah. And when they're out there for all those minutes with this good pace, um, you know, I know that the Clippers aren't fast on paper, um, but just up and down in all those minutes, it's just them. And, you know, because we know that Utah will come down and shoot all those threes. You get rebounds, you get transition. Um, so I like uh, I like all these Clippers really um, key key to my builds tonight. And with the bench, if I were to go to one of them, it would probably be Pat Beverly. Um, but you know he he is just a little risky because he can get a real nice return for you with some stocks. Um, but we know he's not uh, too aggressive offensively. He's not he's not getting a bunch in terms of shots and points. So definitely a uh, a guy to look at if you are going for a little bit more of a stars and scrubs approach. Yeah. All right, coach. That does the two game slate for us here on this fine Friday. Um, join us and let us know if you have any questions on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. That's the group. You can follow the coach at J O E S A R V A D I. You can find me at Language Olympic. And please do subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, We'd love that support. It is a a free podcast in front of the paywall. We're going to keep doing that seven days a week throughout the playoffs. Right, Coach? Is that the plan? Absolutely. Oh, man. We're going to ride it all the way into the sunset here. And, you know, last thing I want to say about this slate is I, I think you have to have exposure in both games. This isn't one of those games like we've had in some playoff spots where you can stack a game. I think you're going to have to really, you know, narrow it down, but have exposure in both. I think either one could be higher scoring than the other, so you don't have to fear that. But I think, uh, you know, picking the right guys with the smaller rotations and having uh, good, good, uh, 
amount of people from from both games is going to be a key to winning uh, and getting that optimal lineup. Excellent. Well, hopefully that helped everybody get ready for the slate tonight. We appreciate all your support. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.